all that sort of stuff. But the Sweets and Snacks Convention just announced they will be moving from Chicago to Indy uh, this spring. So uh, so early next year. <laughs> right, sure. Great. Um, Helps me not at all. Also, uh, I love that basically Indy has just become like the dumping ground for Chicago conventions that won't be held there. I mean, was Indianapolis aspiring to be something other than shitty Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, isn't that our motto on the license plate? <laughs> shitty Chicago. Well, and it's re- it's aspiration. It used to be shitty Detroit, but <laughs> exactly. No. We're moving up, moving up in the world. Yeah, we are. I take s- some offense to that. <laughs> Why? Because Cincinnati's just a shitty Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati is so weird, man. All right. Before we bash every city in the Midwest. Uh... <laughs> Eliminate the entire listenership. Right. Yeah. On go. We got 30,000 people to alienate. We got to get on this shit. Yeah, we got, yeah. We got work to do. <laughs> Screw you, Kansas. Whoa. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh... It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. Whee! I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. I got my sweet jerk off, put some shoes on. That train is off the track. <laughs> Who doesn't love the bounce castle? <laughs> Hitler. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is November 1st, 2020, and this is episode 480. Company from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss some more coaching changes across the league. We'll have some uh, stats of the week and an undegooglable. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the birthplace of Victor Oladipo, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to you guys. Uh, Great show last week. I uh, was delighted to listen to your voices as I was writing into work one day. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's Jurkin Jurkin, I think, is the new coach's name. Right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's I, what I got out of thank it. Thank you. Okay. We were trying to figure out how to pronounce it last week, so that's good. Jurkin Jurkin. And, and Jason, you were wasting your money having Colson be your language tutor. Yep. Yep. I like the the cut of this guy's jib, so... We're going to be good. From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Um, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but we are recording on All Saints Day. Um, and uh, that is a time that we think about the folks that we have lost in the past year. And it's been a lot. Um, you know, mm. John Lewis and Ruth Bader Ginsburg and 
Chadwick Boseman and, and now Sean Connery and all these folks. Uh, just a, a long list of, of people, uh, including people in our own families. Um, so, um, shout out. Pour a little beer out. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm ready for the year to be over. Let's get Let's get through this thing. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What's going on, fellas? Don't forget to vote. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You sound great, Harper. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a, a little extra sultry. Maybe maybe it's your new microphone. Maybe it's uh, maybe just you. You love this time of the uh, election cycle. I don't know what it is. Yeah, no sleep for months on end. It gives me that extra gravel in the voice. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of, it's uh, yeah, election day is coming up here soon. We just uh, we just had Halloween. My sister's birthday also is today, so happy birthday to her! Shout out, shout out. She's uh, she must be a saint, I guess, because she's uh, mm, that's right. Uh, it was on All Saints Day. Uh, before we get into the show, we'd like to remind you: you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. If you just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com/slash/amazon do some shopping uh, kicks a little something back to us and it helps support what we do they're, they're actually uh, you know I, I was thinking the, you know, the off season was going to be a slower uh, time of year and g- generally it is but there are still some stuff shaking out across the league uh, I think the biggest one that hits closest to home for us is uh, uh, the guy that came with the building Dan Burke <laughs> he's gone He's been with the Pacers forever, ever, and uh, uh, he's moved on to Philly. Uh, um, boo. Yeah, man. This is, you know, he's our perennial coach of the year because he's the best. He sets the defensive tone. He sets, like, the attitude, and uh, and he's gone. And I'm, I'm really sad because he's, I mean, nothing against, uh, you know, uh, new, new Nate um, and the <laughs> staff he brings in. But, uh, Bjork and Gargan. <laughs> but I'm going to miss uh, uh, Dan Burke immensely. Uh, Harper, how does this hit you? Are you are you, are you, are you ready to just clean house and get this guy out of here? Uh, or, <laughs> or do you think that the problems lie elsewhere? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say that Dan Burke was ever the cause of any problem that we had. Uh, definitely surprising that he ends up with the 76ers of all places. He quite publicly last year lambasted that team. Uh, and Bead specifically, so uh, for sure, tough, tough to lose them to that particular squad. I, I don't know what that says about anything. Um, I get, I, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll leave it as a gutsy move uh, from the from the new faces of the organization here to to not do enough to retain them. That seems like a pretty big split uh, for a guy who's. Done a pretty unimpeachable job for us, so uh, ballsy. It's ballsy. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned about this. I mean, I he has been uh, the defensive coordinator under I, I uh, Joey. You you were kind of teasing. Came with the building, but basically since Baker's Life Fieldhouse, he's been the defensive coordinator under Bird, um, Isaiah Thomas, Rick Carlisle. Twenty two years. Yeah, he was with the team. Every coach you could think of in. Um, 
he has been and 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 the um, the facts the the the, um, the numbers under that are insane, right? Like he, I think uh, we only missed the playoffs four or five years while he was there. Um, I think we were in top ten in defensive rating um, seventeen years. Like I mean, it's just he he has done a match. He has helped uh, guide us through uh, a lot of weird, difficult times because our defense has been solid. And, and and our uh, philosophies have changed. We've done different things. Our personnel has changed. And yet he's continued to figure out how to make us a top 10 defense in this league year in and year out. And um, he never wanted to be a head coach. Um, he's often talked about uh, the, you know, um, the enjoyment of being able to raise his family in one city for a long time. And the fact that he's leaving now is, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you bring in a new coach and, I mean, family's grown now. It's been twenty years. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think his his girls are probably in college now. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. It's probably easy time to move. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I I'm just really sad by this. I'm I'm definitely pouring some beer out onto the floor here and have to clean it up later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe he was a little bit, uh, you know. Uh, put off by you know the new coach swedish chef's uh, uh emphasis on changing defenses all the time and going mm. zone and mm. doing the box and one and doing all these unconventional things i mean okay. dan burke seems like a very like nuts and bolts like play man to man you follow your man do it you the right way defense you do it the right way yeah and, um i did think it was interesting in in bjorkren's um opening press conference that he you know, said, you're going to see a lot of things differently. Uh, on the one end, it, it made a lot of sense. He's like, you're going to see people moving off the ball, um, which I was like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. But then slow he also, down. you know. <laughs> exactly, talk slower. Is there a Nobel so, Prize so for basketball? At Brilliant. The, at the defense, and, and was like, yeah, we're going to play aggressively. Like, you know, we're going to switch defenses. We're going to get in people's grill and stuff like that, which I thought was an interesting sort of, shot if you will at the what has been a, a you know a proud defensive tradition in, in indiana for decades right the yeah it's the thing era, that's so. kept us relevant it's he his consistency i think you could argue has kept us relevant for the last 20 years yeah i do um sympathize with the fact that if a new coach wants to come in and sort of bring their um style and and uh you know ethos and whatnot like and and hire their own staff like that's cool with me too you know so i'm sure that the pacers you know dan burke probably got an offer from you know the sixers and went to uh pritchard and said hey i got this offer but if you guys can match it or beat it you know obviously i'd love to stay here and they ran it by bjorkren and i'm guessing he was like meh for that much i don't know like <laughs> So, I've got my own I guys. Know, I don't know how these things go. I guess there's there's much less press coverage of you yeah. know, coaching free agents than there mm-hmm. are uh, indeed, particularly uh, agents, uh, so. assistant coaches for that fact. Right. Yeah. So have we we've been doing this show for what eight eight seasons nine twenty two years twenty two years we've been doing this show <laughs> yeah. and I think every year uh, Dan Burke was Harper's coach of the year um, except for this year maybe that's why he left. Yeah, no kidding. It's not my fault. 
slighted him. <laughs> he said his feelings hurt. Jeez. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> Come back, Dan. It was, it was just trying to motivate him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, but when you think about, like, um, if you, you think- know, the, the smash math versus the, you know, now we've got to have, like, the most effects, deflections in the league. Like, he, he was able to adapt defensively uh, as a coach. Um, and, I, I, yeah, we love this guy. I love his his uh, halftime interviews mm, where he's just grumpy. He's just, he's just kind of shitty at everything, and he tells you straight out about what it is. Um, you know, you know he's going to go into the locker room and yell at somebody. You know, it's just great. Uh, I'm going to miss that guy. And yeah. I'm very disturbed that, that Philly picked him up. I'm starting to worry that Philly is turning into a decent organization. Well, that's where I wanted to go next. So uh, he is uh, going to be joining uh, Doc Rivers is going to be his new boss. Um, and speaking of gravelly voice, uh, that's uh, that's another one right there. But then other assistant coach, uh, Sam Cassell, uh, well-known uh, around the league. And, um, and Dave Yorger is another assistant coach. Oh, my. Um, and so I feel like that's uh, potentially a, a, a really good uh, uh, coaching staff. Um, well, it's interesting because they just hired Daryl Morey, too. So who knows yeah. what the roster is going to be? <laughs> this guy is not afraid to pull the, the trigger on trade button, uh, trade machine. So uh, they will be, I think, active players in the trade market in the offseason here. But they also retain brand. Right. Who, oh um, really? I yeah. Okay. So who yep. made uh, all the moves to to you know bring in um, what uh, Jason uh, Richardson and uh, uh, Al Horford and um, you know guys that maybe didn't quite fit but were big swings and was willing to pay them. Um, I don't know. I think I think he's done a nice job of building a roster that would make sense if you were um, playing a video game. It hasn't quite worked in real life, but um, I I think Daryl Morey. I don't know <laughs> Daryl Morey. There, uh, you know, I mean, this he, is like he's he, Daryl Morey has made Houston relevant for you know the last fifteen years, um, and he now comes into our conference, and I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, I mean, the whole one of the dominant conversations in the NBA last season was how ill fitting the pieces in Philadelphia sure. are. That's what I'm right? saying. It that seemed more like have... a fantasy team or, or a video game okay. is what I mean. And, and, and those were big gotcha. swings that didn't necessarily work, but you get Moray in there um, to go with a guy who's not afraid to take risks like Elton Brand. And, you know, we'll see what happens. It, it, you know, you put together, you know, Joey just mentioned this. I mean, this is a fearsome coaching staff. Um, I'm not looking forward to seeing these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that Maury's guidance on uh, awesome team chemistry is going to make a huge difference there in Philadelphia. I mean, the big pieces are already in place, right? I mean, they're trying to build around a couple of young guys who they really believe in. Um, you know, in Brand's defense, he's still pretty young. Um, you know, it's I think organizationally it makes a lot of sense for them to stick behind him and let him continue to learn and grow. Uh, he's clearly a smart dude and, you know... Uh, it hasn't been perfect. 
uh, thus far, but he'll get better. And uh, they haven't done anything that's going to, you know, in that team forever. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's a great coaching staff. They've been very aggressive. This team wants to be a franchise. Um, you know, they want to be a dynasty. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of steps that, and a lot of growth that needs to happen in between here and there. Uh, but they've done organizationally some things that, that are certainly steps in the right direction. You're right. I, I like the word aggressively. They've gone out and found the people they wanted, you know, and um, I, I don't know if the Embiid Ben Simmons things works, you know, like, you know, it, it wasn't clear that that's worked over the last couple of years. Daryl Moore is somebody who's going to either figure out how to make that work, or he's going to trade one of those guys away without, you know, a second thought and get somebody back in return um, that makes it fit. So I think they're sure. going to be, you know, uh, definitely active um, on the trade market potentially. And, and well, not, uh, and also uh, I think just definitely a problem in, in our um, conference for us for the next few years. I mean, they were going to be that anyway. Right. I mean, yeah. You know, we we can't handle those guys. I mean, I, I don't know that trade one is gonna help you get better. I'm just, I, I think I'm just caught up on the like. I, I think everybody overestimates the you know Ben Simmons Joel Embiid duo. Period. Right. Like that's just not like an instant dynasty to me. And people yeah, are no. gathering around the fire like you know uh, they're gonna win a bunch of rings with it. I, I mean, I'm not that convinced. And sure. when you break it up and get pieces back, that's not gonna get you closer either. So. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> remains to be seen, I suppose. Do you, do you think Embiid is the third or fourth best big man in the league? Sure, but he, I mean, he plays, what, 55 games a year? I mean, it, there's, yeah. just, there's problems, right? I mean, yeah. he's the best dude on the court some nights, right? Yeah. And then sometimes he's not, and then sometimes he's not there at all. So Right, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and Simmons, he's certainly not better than Anthony Davis right now. No, he's not. Or, <laughs> and or, he doesn't have LeBron James. Or Jokic. Yeah. And I mean, and and Ben Simmons might have the body type, but he's not Magic Johnson. You know, like it's just not, we can, you know, ascribe whatever we want to him for his ball handling skills, but he doesn't have the, it, the, the thing, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, he's like 22 or something, so. Like give him time, I guess. Yeah, but, but Magic Mag, Magic John was 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 uh, winning rings. I mean, of course, Magic, <laughs> well, I mean Magic John. He is came like into the league when four he was greatest people players of all time. I know, but they right? just like, they compare him to him, and I just don't think that's I think that's too much pressure on Ben Simmons. It's too much yeah. to ask. Right? I mean, the bigger issue, right, with Philly's roster is the money that they're spending on um, complimentary pieces, right? Like Al Horford and. Uh, Tobias, Tobias Harris. Harris and Josh Richardson and those guys, right? Which give them, which limit the amount of flexibility that they have, right? Like they cannot be major players in the free agent market because they're way, way, way over the cap. And like, um, you know, and, and those contracts are also limit what they can do in the trade market, right? So, uh, Maury's definitely going to get creative, I think. Oh, yeah. He'll figure get it out. Creative and, and move some of those pieces around and, and make it interesting. You know, so. But also, they need that team that they have to perform. I mean, those are a lot of pretty good basketball players, right? I mean, right. Yeah. they arguably have the best top three guys on a single team. And, right. you know, Harris and Beaton Simmons. So, 
Right. Uh, they got to find ways to succeed with what they got too, and they got the coaching staff to hopefully help them along. Uh, if you're a 76ers fan, which I'm not, I hope you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Are with all these changes in the background, we haven't seen anything on the court that that changes anything, right? But do these do this put them in a in a top four or five in the conference just with the the front office changes? No. No? Yeah, I'd the say we got to see the the thing on the floor, yeah. right? Gotta, well, I mean, yeah, we're going to go into an offseason. So many things are going to change between now. I understand that the the new season is going to start soon, but there's still going to be a bunch of player movement, you know, between now and then. So who knows, you know? Like, even if, as it stands now, like, you got to think that the Nets, who I'm sure we're going to talk about next because they just made some moves, um, are going to be bringing back Kyrie Irving and uh, a young man named Kevin Durant, who, you know, was a top three dude before he left, before he got hurt, right? So those guys vault up from seven to got to be in the mix, right, of top four. So, Well, and they've got a whole new coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we can we can talk about them now, but that's uh, that's been an interesting one. So uh, uh, Steve Nash brought in to to lead that squad, um, and then this week it was announced uh, Mike D'Antoni is going to be his assistant coach. I love that um, so much. Yeah, you know, of course these these guys were together in uh, Phoenix with the you know apparently they they you know co-author the seven seconds or less uh, offense. Um, so that's interesting too. You know, that's uh, – you, you've got uh, that, those two guys plus, you know, Kyrie running that offense, you know, at least at the beginning of the offense. And then, I don't know, Kevin Durant could probably uh, chip in here and there if he's, uh, if he's up for it. Um that, yeah, I guess I I, I don't want to spend too long on the Nets because like the like like Philly, I think both of them, um, both of these teams are they look like they should be better on paper, but they, they haven't done anything yet. And um, I'm gonna throw this out there: I don't know that Kyrie Irving is a is the best leader in the world on this flat world of ours. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired, yeah, Colson. They- they certainly have the most questions, I think, coming yeah. into next year, right? Like, what is what is KD going to look like coming back? How, I mean, I think with this hiring of D'Antoni, what you're going to, um, I'm guessing, see is a very up and down sort of off that. That indicates to me that Steve Nash wants to recapitulate some, to some degree that seven seconds or less offense. Maybe not to that um, extreme but I think he's going to put the ball into Irving's hands and let him move around and drive and create things. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> even if Kevin Durant isn't the old Kevin Durant, if he becomes like just a dude that moves off motion and shoots spot up jumpers, like he's going to be deadly at shooting like wide open three pointers next year. So I, I think it's, you know, yeah, we obviously, like you said, Joey, the proof is in the pudding, right? Like we got to see them play, but the the blueprint is looking pretty solid. I would say they look also, pretty good without those guys in these playoffs. Right, right. 
Well, and they're bringing the band back together from the old Phoenix Suns, right? They're also bringing in Amari Stoudemire. Oh, um, that's right. As an yeah. assistant coach. Uh, I think player development coach, but um, that's fun. Really? Yeah. How is that not fun? Amari's just going to show Jared Allen. He'd like peak early as a professional. Sure. But he can still. Doesn't seem like a very like intuitive choice for. He hung around forever. He did get all. Yeah. And he got paid a bunch by the Knicks. So he's already in the New York market. It'd be fine. Sure. Just not a very intuitive pick for a development coach for me. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have the well-coached Jacques Vaughn still on the staff. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think this is another. Have at least you know, one well-coached person. Yeah, well, and D'Antoni, who has been a head coach for many, many, many years. So, um, is he well-coached? He is the coach. Right. right. Steve Nash is, uh, I like that he doesn't have an ego so much that he's afraid to bring in people that are head coaches as his assistants. I like it. Should be fun. Is it all is that all we got to say about the Nets? I'm fine with that. I mean I mean you said, you said keep it brief. If you've got, all right, if you've great. got Durant, you're real good. I say good. a lot of things. So. If you got if you got Durant, you're real good. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um the other, so the last uh, last movements um, that we saw f- from the Pacers was uh, Jason Buckner. Uh, he had been the manager of scouting for the Pacers for eight years. He is moving to the Detroit Pistons, and he's going to be the director of draft scouting. Um, so he's gone too, but he left before uh, uh, before McMillan was uh, was canned. So and the report is that it was not connected uh, to uh, Nate uh, uh, Bjorken, new Nate, new Nate. So, Colson, I, I mean, he's it's really torn up about this. I'm super bummed. Um, <laughs> so, I'll, I'm gonna tell a brief story. Um, I when I'm at a bar and watching a Pacer game, I tend to say a couple things to the TV, and then see how people respond or I listen to other people's talking to the TV and you know maybe I'll make a comment to the person next to me if it seems like they know what they're talking about um, one night uh, I was at the bar and um, I just noticed that the guy at the other end of the bar was saying really insightful things and um, I, I at the end of the game I went over and actually you know during the game but by the end of the night I was up next to him and essentially had a really amazing first date with this man um, I, I immediately fell in love with him. He was so knowledgeable about the Pacers and so kind. Um, and that man uh, was the son of Quinn Buckner. His name was Jason Buckner. Um, and I learned an incredible amount of, about what goes on in the Pacers organization. Um, I found him to be incredibly um, thoughtful, insightful. And I really, when I left uh, the conversation, I felt like, the, the Pacers organization was in good hands when looking for new recruits because this guy was such a good dude. And the fact that he's leaving me makes me very, very sad. And, um, yeah, I'm just I'm, – I'm pouring out beer for this dude too. I mean, I between this and Dan Burke, I don't know what I'm doing with myself right now. I'm just a mess. Yeah, apparently you're losing a lot of beer. So. <laughs> yeah. I have to go – A lot of breakage the, over the coals. Yeah, exactly. I got to go get a fresh beer because I keep pouring it on the floor. Yeah. I think you may think more of our scouting and development uh, infrastructure than I do. 
based I mean, on our draft history. Okay, but uh, recently we've done a nice job with development. I mean, you know, actually, historically we've done all right with uh, development if you don't count. Um, right, this guy's not TG. development, though, is he scouting? He's scouting. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just thinking about, like, if you find guys that are, if you're looking for guys that can improve is what I'm thinking of. Outside of TJ Leaf, like, you know, we've had some nice guys that have turned into players. <laughs> Diamonds in the rough, you know. I don't know. Sure, sure, man. So, anyway, shout out Justin Buckner, somebody that, yeah, you know, does, he's, he's, uh, he's a guy that his name doesn't get mentioned when we, on the show, we don't talk about him. Um, but I thought, you know, like I said, uh, very kind man and, uh, you know, um, and uh, somebody who probably got the job uh, because he was Quinn Buckner's son, but also worked his butt off to keep the job, if that makes sense. So, you know, shout out. Yeah. He also broke off his for the D- Detroit. So, yeah. Boo. Yeah. It's not Screw Detroit. List, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Whatever. You're going to be you're going to be doing a Pistons podcast here yeah, in like no. three months. He broke my heart. Why would he go to Pistons the Pistons? Sixers podcast? Yeah. Why would he go to the Detroit? Why would he hurt me like that? He's going to have a non-Pacers podcast here pretty soon. Just everybody but the Pacers. Anti-Pacers podcast. Oh, mm. That's all right. He'll meet the next director of scouting at some bar while he's yelling at the TV wildly. <laughs> Making friends. Making friends. It's cool. So you do like you're, you're shaking your fist at the TV. <laughs> no, I, I like, you know, I like to say some, uh, you know, um, I like to try to draw people out, you know, with my comments at the TV. Do you, do you just like go into, do you just start dropping jargon? Uh, oh, yeah. It's complete box, nonsense. You just, yeah. you just, you're yelling box and one a bunch. I have no insight. I'm not like smart at basketball. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> You know, I'm just yelling things that other people that also might, you know, pretend to know something about basketball might appreciate. Okay. And then we can all bullshit together. Sure. That's what the yeah. bars are about, right? We all totally. just pretend we're smart. Drink some more. Yep. I don't remember. Is <laughs> <laughs> it because you drank too much or because you don't go in public anymore? Little column A. Little column B. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, I'd like to take a quick break, uh, but this week uh, for the halftime music, I know I had mentioned uh, Mr. Kinetic in the past. Well, he just dropped a new album about like a week ago. Um, did uh, some work with with uh, Mr. Rusty Redenbacher, who uh, people may know as well. But uh, this one is from his new album called Timing. Check it out. Shout out. Shout out Dan Burke and Jason oh. Buckner. We love you. <laughs> Call me. No love for, Call for Daniel, me. Dan Morey. <laughs> now I've been under heavy pressure. Most of it is self-inflicted. It's a whole lot going on and every day I'm here holding on. Wind strong, my mind is blown, and at the same time, some days I'm unfazed. I guess for me, my life has always felt like a maze. 
decisions domino and determine how the future appears music in my ears on the regular communicating with the rhythms and the composition still up on my pivot that's my only battleground to hold chaos or calamity either way i gotta know who i gotta be please believe i still feel the real waging against every force that seeks to strangle kill and bury me training meditating Contemplating here patiently All kind of pressure on my brain Strains from my chemical composition Not broken, but set up in a funky way And so I let that phone play Exhaust, exhale Exhaust, exhale we are back from the break. Make sure to check out the link in the show notes. Uh, you can buy Mr. Kinetic's album on Bandcamp, but it's also like on all the streaming services too. So if you've got one of those, uh, give a search out for Mr. Kinetic. Hey, hey guys, I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm late getting back from from halftime. Uh, spent the whole time mopping up all the beers I poured out for Dan Burke and Jason Buckner. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I, it's going to be a while before I get over this. So um, it was a, it was a very sad mop. <laughs> Sorry There's to hear that. Very few joyous mops. That's yeah. true. It's a good point. <laughs> true. Uh, sad mop was the name of uh, Harper's band in high school. <laughs> Next up, I got my stats of the week. Joey, stat of the week. That's right. You heard that. That was plural, like attorneys general. Uh, so the first one, you guys, you guys know there's two things uh, that take that take most of my time up in my life when I'm not doing things that I have to do. Who do we get Number to guess? One, you can, yeah, go for it. You can guess. <laughs> um, uh, pacers, keep, keep it clean. Pacers and masturbation. <laughs> I said keep it clean. Oh, that's not clean. Got out of hand fast. Uh, <laughs> uh, Pacers you got, you, and uh, cats. Mm, no. Nope. How about games? Dungeons and Dragons. Games. You were you were correct. So I got good news. This came across uh, uh, my email. There is a game with my name on it. It's called Hoop Gods, and it is <laughs> a board game about basketball. It's mm, a two-player nice. head-to-head game. Uh, basically, there's a court and. Um, you know, lots of games have this, but there's like sort of hexagons. Uh, the you know the board is made of hexagons, so you move your players around. But it's uh, um, uh, there's twelve unique players you get to you get to play with. Uh, I think it's three on three, um, but each you know each player has their own uh, you know their own stats. You know, some better better at dunking and and blocking. Like you got your big guys dunk and block, and then your little guys. They're called little ballers. <laughs> They're uh, they're better at crossovers and steals, so uh, I'm excited. It's on Kickstarter right now for thirty uh, thirty five bucks, I think. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes for sure. Um, and then you can start uh, you can play with Joey via tweet. How do you, how do you play uh, with Joey? So uh, I like where your heart's at, but uh, <laughs> there is actually a uh, there's an online version available for free mm. during the campaign which I've not had a chance to do yet but uh, tabletopia.com it's a board game 
playing website. Uh, but you can play for free during the campaign if you want to give it a test and uh, see see how much you like it. We got to so get very uh, excited about that. Uh, a new coach, Bajorka Dunk. Uh, you know, play you uh, via the the online yeah thing and see who wins. And then I think if you win, then you automatically become new head coach, right? No, I get to take. Uh, uh, I get to be the defensive coordinator. <laughs> take over Dan Burke's butt. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Maybe uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll sucker one of you guys into playing playing against me uh, if we get some time. I'll play on line and we'll uh, put it out as an extra or something. I don't know how does however we do this, whatever it is we do. <laughs> this guy's just a content machine over here. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> gotta get the people what they want, right? Um, as I was looking at this, um, the, uh, he, the the designer of this game made another game previously called Rap Gods. And um, it's a game about uh, you know becoming well becoming a rap god, and so it, it's pretty cool. Like the there's there's a uh, the the board game looks like a you know looks like a vinyl record, and and uh, it's all all the good stuff you need. To, and, and it was rated very highly on Board Game Geek, which is the uh, the end all be all for uh, for reviews and all that sort of stuff. Have you already uh, won and become a rap god, Joey? Do we have to worship? No, 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 the, not yet. Okay. Your altar? Uh, not yet, okay. but um, hoping to get there one day. And um, uh, along with the hoop gods, uh, rap gods is going in for a second printing because uh, it's sold out. So get it while it's hot. Uh, the second stat of the week... Joey, stat of the week is about the Wheeler Mission Drumstick Dash 2020. Uh, Jason, you've done this with me before, and uh, you know some some of your family and and my family have uh, have all done this. Uh, Colson was invited and uh, impolitely declined. Um, <laughs> I think Kyle subbed out for me that year. Oh yeah, yeah put yeah. her in my place. Um. But uh, they're doing it again this year, but it's going to be reduced. They're going to have like waves, like different waves of starting and uh, um, uh, spreading, you know, reduced numbers and all that sort of all that sort of stuff. But um, uh, I've been wanting to do this in the past. I am not going to do it, but I did the uh, the out of town uh, option when I when I got my pass, um, which means. In reality, I'm going to be in town, but I don't want to catch the coronavirus. Um, but uh, I put a team together for the Undebeatables to do some fundraising for the Wheeler Mission. It's oh, uh, nice. They, um, they, uh, you know, if, if you're not familiar with the organization, they uh, help support uh, and, and take care of the homeless uh, population in, in the city. So um, the numbers, I guess, if you need a stat. Um, about 1,600 people uh, find themselves without a place to sleep at night every day in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. they they help um, uh, give them shelter and food and, and all the things that those people need. So um, and they uh, you know sort of help with uh, addiction recovery and, and other other things that these people need. So um, I've got a team together. My goal that we try to reach is uh, $20, $21, uh, just. So it's uh, higher than the year, because I think next year 
It's going to be better. 2020 is clearly bad luck. No, we don't want that one. Correct. But uh, that's what a goal uh, I'm aiming for. So uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. But if you go to runsignup.com slash the undebeatables, uh, run as in uh, the, the thing Colson refuses to do. <laughs> do I have uh, to run stairs for this? What do I have to do? You don't have to do anything. You you could click on the the donate button. And okay. give money. So I can give money as opposed to actually running anywhere. Absolutely. I'm very Absolutely. excited. I, you said I was part of the team. I just was worried that I would have to, like, you know, run. No, you don't have to run. Um, what we're, we're, the, we're just doing the uh, uh, fundraising part of it. So, you know, that's something you can get behind. You'll notice I didn't ask you to, to do any running because I know. Thank you. I, I didn't want you to surprise me on the pod with this, and then <laughs> I have to commit. So to again, that's runsignup.com slash the undebeatables. And again, you do not have to run. Uh, if you want to run in the in the race, you can, um, but uh, that is certainly not required. Cool. Well, thanks for doing that, Joey. Yeah, run, yeah. <clears throat> run really with your dollars, colors. especially now. Um, yeah. More than ever, right? I mean, the coronavirus has done a lot of damage, a lot of it economic, right? And so there is a housing crisis going on. There is an economic crisis going on. And if you can help, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Shout out. So we'll be posting that on our socials as t- as well. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah. This time, this, especially this year, I feel like is uh, if you if you can, uh, yeah, please please help out. If not, I totally get it. All right, I think it's time we move to the undegooglables. Are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to. So. <laughs> so it was, you, said we, you said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Which we found out is uh, it's uh, America's favorite uh, talk show, right? What do, what do we call it? Game show. Fastest growing game show. People love it. Most loved. Sure. Adored. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's some joke about how um, Undebeatable's colors don't run, but I can't quite get there. Um, <laughs> Is it an existing joke or one that you're trying one to One I'm working up? on. It's not quite getting there. <laughs> I didn't know if you meant there was like an old saying okay. that I had not heard of. I mean, I think it's off an old saying, <laughs> potentially. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Got one, got the und, 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 uh, Googleable for you. Um, something that uh, I heard, a phrase that I've heard many times, uh, heard it uh, recently, and I said, you know what? Um, I don't know where this comes from, and I want to go to my three uh, smartest friends, run it by them, and see if they can come up with something better than I could. Um, the term gumshoe. Why is a detective hmm. a gumshoe? Where did that come from? What's era um, connection to uh, being a detective? I don't understand any of it, but it's something we just say all the time, and I, I want to run it by you guys. So 
gumshoe. I want to be clear. I don't say it all the time. <laughs> Uh, but it does. So that's the. It, it's a nickname for a detective, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, like you're Inspector Gadget type. Uh, I I type usually think of it as like a private eye, but I think you could also. I mean, I think just detectives in general are gumshoes, right? Like, yeah, I'm th- I think more like private eye, like uh, like in a. Is noir the right type of? That's the genre. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, like a Humphrey Bogart, somebody uh, you know. A dame walked into my office. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Sort of, yeah. sort of a Maltese Falcon, sort of. Yeah. Right. Solving mysteries. Mm-hmm. Gumshoe. Mm-hmm. Solving mysteries. Um, I, and I always, I always think of those guys that are the guys that are hitting the pavement, and maybe they uh, step on some gum. I don't know. They, 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 they're just, they're just walking the pavement so much that they're just picking up gum on their shoes, because they're so adamant about hitting the pavement. I don't know. That's all I had. That's where my mind went initially as well. But it seems too easy. It seems too straightforward, right? Okay. Uh, but I don't have any other great ideas, <laughs> to be honest. What if uh, What if the gum is sticky and then it sort of they, – they... There's some sort of stickiness element where they can find clues. They're, they're hoping something sticks, right? Yeah. They, they're private yeah. eye, you got to throw a bunch of stuff against the stuff wall. Stuff at right? the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Or maybe maybe you can use gum to plug up the holes in your shoes because you wore them out. Ooh, okay, okay. That's probably the right answer. That seems like a horrible solution. Yes. But you don't make enough uh, money to, because uh, you're, just, you're just, you know. You're just a private eye. Working private case eye. To case. I think that's probably the right answer. Nice, this nice work, Harper. Town. Yeah, I vaguely remember our college roommate Colson uh, asking his etymology teacher, uh, not the etymology of gumshoe, but another uh, slang name for a private detective, a dick. Hmm. Mm. And uh, that's the. I, I don't remember what the answer was. I just remember him doing that. There's <laughs> <laughs> a side question. Be a private dick. <laughs> I don't know, Joe. You're the you're our uh, you know uh, seasoned dicket holder. So, uh, <laughs> do you have any ideas? Boy, uh, on on which one? The uh, either one. I gumshoe, guess. Gumshoe. Uh, let's think. Gumshoe. Of gumshoe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the the other thing is sort of in the same vein, but it'd be like somebody. You know, you you, you uh, could be inspecting something like gum on the bottom of a shoe. Uh, maybe not your own, but like you know, you could you could uh, Sherlock your Holmes into some crazy stuff. You know, you you, you find this little grain of uh, you know pebble that's that's embedded in gum, and you're like, oh, psh, I know where that came from. It's from Fifty Fifth Street. Uh, right, or I know. yeah, this flavor of gum comes from this store and they got it from this place or whatever right and yeah and there's some dirt in there that i know from this yeah right that's where the body is buried yeah (laughs) that's where that always ends up is there a so nowadays right so there are you know your standard loafer which have like leather bottoms or whatever but at some point we transition to rubber which is gum like in a sense where 
was there a, a time when when shoes or the soles of shoes were made out of of gum like materials or whatever like pre-rubber pre-vulcanization that's i feel like i feel like the answer is yes to that but i uh, i want to be honest with you i i don't know a lot about the uh the way shoe technology has progressed through the years yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like were they just rocking leather before that what were they doing yeah, no, they definitely. It was it was uh, a lot Mostly of just leather bottom. A lot of leather bottom. Cows died for that gum shoe. I mean, which was a big step up from wood, right? So. Yes. Clogs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, it's got to be. So, when do we think the term came about? Do you think this is like a strictly like it's a noir? Era, turn like of the century 40s, sort of thing yeah oh i was 20s. thinking like 20s yeah okay yeah and is that help us narrow down the etymology at all do you think it's strictly I, an american thing well yeah, we're the only i mean ones could it be the british time, right? We're, so we're ruling out Shakespeare, right? We don't think Shakespeare drafted gumshoe. How much, no how much gum is going either, on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when did gum get invented? Gum's been around for ages. Okay, yeah. like how long? Though? I mean, Wrigley was like the big mass producer, right? Right. And they made their fortune in the late 1800s, I would say, right? Yeah, Wrigley yeah I would think that. Eight, yeah, eighteen seventies, eighteen eighties. Yeah, sure. Because you've got to you've got to mass produce like flattened sugar for people to chew, right? Well, but I mean, even going back, like there was natural, like chicle, right, and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Okay, okay, from the Americas. So all right. Um, but did they call that gum? They called it chicle. Oh, yeah, no idea. <laughs> Where the gum came from? Gum, I think, is an American thing. That I would guess. I don't know. What was uh, Gumby's uh, horse's name? Pokey. Pokey. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of what kind of what kind of person doesn't know Gumby's horse? Apparently, me. You judging me right now? Mm-hmm. Well, the online etymology dictionary is pretty short and sweet. Uh, it says, plainclothes detective, 1906, from the rubber-soled shoes they wore, allowing stealthy movement. Mm. So earlier than we thought, but we were on it for the uh, shoe. The shoe type. So it's the... Gumshoe gum is also known as galoshes. Somehow that's what I'm getting from Wikipedia. So it was basically the change from a leather shoe to a rubber-soled shoe? That's what we... Where we get gumshoe? Yeah, right. So they could, like, sneak around and, and watch and watch you, right? <laughs> yeah. So gumshoe was actually a verb. Whoa. To sneak around quietly. I'm going to gumshoe that party. <laughs> Wait, why would you do that? That's stalking. That's different. <laughs> Are you sure? It sounds like the same Either thing. Either in order to rob or to catch thieves. Hmm. Interesting. 
but by 1908, gumshoe usually meant a police detective, as it has ever since. So we kind of nailed when it. Do we have the invention of gum from Wrigley? <laughs> you know when they started? They did not. They did not invent the gum. All right. So we did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, gummy rubber sole shoes. Yeah, pretty close on the time frame. Call that a gummy. Uh, the the noun dick in the detective sense uh traces back to the nineteenth century, around eighteen sixty four. Uh criminal underworld slang verb again to dick meant to watch. Uh came from Romany, the language of the gypsies, which I know is a mm. not the greatest term, but sure. those peoples, uh, uh, which use the word dick, D-I-K, which means to look mm. or to see. Uh, as far as gum goes, uh, New England settlers picked up the practice of American Indians uh, who chewed resin from sap, the sap of spruce trees. Uh, but John B. Curtis developed and sold the first commercial chewing gum called the State of Maine Pure Spruce Gum in 1848. So, must have been a, just a ton of private detectives back in the day. Why is there so much slang for these dudes? Well, yeah, well, like, it's just the kind of stuff, like, you, this kind of stuff, you hire these guys when you don't, like, the police won't do it. Yeah. Sure. Also, there oh, yeah. were like too busy. Not yeah. police forces back then, probably. Yeah. 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 I yeah, mean, for sure. I've seen uh, a lot of episodes of Magna PI. He seems really useful. It's true. If you need a good mustache. That's right. Or ride around in a red Ferrari. I don't know. Some sort of fancy. I don't know that I've ever seen an episode of Magnum P.I. What? Oh. I've seen that. I've seen the beginning a billion times. Oh. Right. And then right. I've seen a different channel. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Harper. Yeah. Oh, come on. That's how uh, Tom Selleck became a sex symbol for all of our mothers. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you pour the rest of that beer out? <laughs> for, for Tom Selleck? <laughs> the pain my soul just went through. <laughs> your, no, your mother has never had sex. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> Cut his mic. Cut his mic. Exactly. He's out of control. <laughs> need that, uh, we need that debate mutant button technology. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is that good? Do you want more? Let's do, let's do another yeah. one. Let's I can do it. Not. Yeah, we're on a roll. Let's push our luck. Okay. Um, Press Our Luck is a game show that I actually have seen more episodes of than Magnum (laughs) P.I. Than Magnum P.I. It's outrageous. That show was great. (laughs) Do you want to do yours, uh, Jason? What do you think? We can do mine. A couple of short ones, yeah. Um, Blockbuster. Where's the term blockbuster come from? Um, It's someone who busts blocks, I assume. But uh, how is that connected like to uh, movies? Mm. A karate person. Sorry. It shouldn't be. Yeah, right, right. It should be. 
gender neutral. Um, I, so I was thinking it was so the way I came about. So I was listening to um, the starters. Not just they're not the starters anymore. No dunks. Anyway, they were talking about potential trades and what would qualify as a blockbuster trade. Like, mm. Would this be a blockbuster trade? Would that be a blockbuster trade? And I started thinking, like, what the heck does blockbuster mean? Like, obviously, it means, like, you know, from movies. Like, this is a blockbuster movie, um, meaning a big hit. Mm-hmm. Like, a, everybody's seen it. Then I was like, what's going on with the block? What are we? What is the block that is being We're busted? We're busting a block of some sort. The simplest explanation seems to be, you know, it was a movie theater and the line wrapped around the block, yeah. busted through the, the border. It's of definitely the, the most literal basically. interpretation. I'm with right, right. Yeah, that's the only, like, I always get a sense that it, it relates to, like, a neighborhood block. Yeah, oh, well, see, I, yeah, that's awesome. I didn't see that at all. Like maybe Were you thinking like a concrete block or something? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I did sort of um, think of um, sort of the block as conventional wisdom or sort of what okay, one expects. Like, it's a block of sort of... Um, block of status quo. Of, like, status quo. Like block of status quo. Like and we busted it up. Right. Think outside the block. You know, sort of thing. <laughs> so I didn't think of an actual city block. I like your guys' answer better. I was thinking that, like, sort of status quo sat in a block and we busted it up. So block was definitely also at some point slang for head, like knock your block off. Mm, yes, sure. it definitely was. Oh, yeah. oh nice. So oh. it could be like blow your mind. Blow your mind. Blow your mind. Yeah. Ooh, maybe. that's my favorite oh. so far. Okay, I like that. Me too. I don't know if I do. It's a good suggestion, though. I'm a fan. (laughs) And the busting, like, busting is a weird term for a line that goes around the block. It is. But it's just the alliteration of it that makes it sound good, I I guess. Some journalist, like, I'm sure just, you know, talked about Gone with the Wind or something. It was like, this was a real blockbuster. I see. Oh, Harper, that reminded me of uh, we watched uh, the one of the Peanuts specials last night here at home, uh, the the Halloween one. Nice. And something that I had forgotten was that uh, the you know the slam in there is blockhead. That's what mm. they they're always mm. like you blockhead. That's true. Which means you're dumb, right? Yeah, your yeah, head's yeah. blocky. I uh, I guess so. Yeah. Stupid cartoons. Uh, you must have Apple TV, right? And that the only way you can watch Charlie Brown anymore. That was that's on the Disney, I think. Oh, Disney. Actually, I don't even know. It was it it showed up on the TV and then it got clicked on. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> bought it up. That's all I we know. have an Apple TV and uh, maybe on it's on Disney or Apple TV. I don't even and know told what you to I'm watch using it. to watch TV anymore. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It's, I have a it's, box. It's, it's on one the TV big company anyway. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's one big block. Right. We busted it up. So you're saying uh, uh, anti-monopoly? Yes, I am. About. I'm all about that for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so, so obviously, yeah, well, time, uh, yeah, time. I think it derives from movies, right? So we've yeah. got to be within the movie era. Yeah. So we're 
40s, 50s, or even earlier. I mean, no. potentially it could be earlier with the Nickelodeons and stuff, but like it wasn't, I, I mean, I think I would agree that it'd have to be more in the Gone with the Wind era than the, right. you know, silent era. See, I think I'm later than that. Like, I don't think we thought about movies as like summer blockbusters until the 70s. Like, I think I really do think mm. that like Star Wars and Jaws and stuff was the stuff that changed cinema. So I'm going to I'm okay. going to say that this is a 70s term um, connected to movies. Because before, I mean, like Gone with the Wind, yes, it's like the highest grossing movie of all time if adjusted for inflation, right? But like, I don't think they considered it a blockbuster. Like, I just don't think that's how they thought about it. I think, I think summer movies is because when you there was it. only like one movie would come out. Yeah, exactly. They had nothing else to do. Give me your five cents. Watch right. this movie. Whatever. But I mean, it was a paradigmatic shift, though. Right? Oh, for sure, for sure. But I, I also think, which is you why know, you would coin it. Yeah, opinion. and I think you coined a new term in, in the 70s for the way that cinema changed, is what I'm going to go with. All right. I kind of like that argument. It just I seems like that. an old-timey term. That, see, that's why I like that. Right, right? With it the, just with feels the block, like some... Blockhead, right, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, Some old-timey report. Like in the 70s, they would have... I can't even... I'm not creative enough to think of what they would have called it, but... It would have been very uh, Mind-blowing, man. <laughs> You're blowing my man, man. All right, we doing this? Yep, we're yeah, doing this. Do it. All right, Time Magazine. Let's see. 1942. Oh. Mm. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That it was like. Originally for bombs. Oh God! I guess that, that would were uh, so-called name because of block. their ability to destroy an entire city block. So I've got in the May 9th, nineteen forty-three issue, Time used the word to describe a movie not for its box office take, but for its content. The film adaptation of former Ambassador Joseph E. Davies' best-selling Mission to Moscow was audacious in the extreme. As explosive as a blockbuster. Wow. Now that is according to Time. Who actually um, used it. Writing about themselves. their own writing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get a Fair second. Enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so da, da, da. I'm, I'm, I am catching that the original is, the original term is from uh, explosives. The that were high enough explosive to bust up cinder blocks. So I'm seeing on Wikipedia, it's first known reference to films was in 1943 uh, when advertisements in Variety and the motion picture Herald described the RKO film Bombardier. Was that the same movie? As the blockbuster of all action thrill service shows. Is I mean, that the it, same one as the time that the time. No, no, they were talking about okay. uh, Mission to Moscow. Okay, right, yeah, that's what I thought. I mean, and I guess it, what what it makes sense that uh, in the you know forties, everything related to weaponry. <laughs> right. 
Interesting. Wow. Okay. So yeah, um, it's it first appears in the American press in the 1940s, referring to aerial bombs capable of destroying an entire block of buildings. What's up? Can you restate how it? I, I get the the explosives part. How does it re- relate to a movie? It was so incendiary that it was like a oh, blockbuster. Okay. okay, so it's just a. So I'm seeing that an, an alternate explanation uh, pertains to the practice of block booking, whereby a studio would sell a package of films to theaters rather than permitting them to select which films they wanted to exhibit. Uh, this practice was outlawed in 1948 uh, before the term became common parlance. While pre-1948 high-grossing big-budget spectacles may be retrospectively labeled blockbusters. So, so what? So they would just put out a bunch of movies at once and hope one of them hit, sort of thing. Well, I think it's like um, make them buy your crap with your good stuff. Yeah, right, yeah exactly. Which is right, what they like, still do, right? <laughs> at some point, and many industries along the way have. This is how Shut the cable up. industry. Shout out to survives. cable. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you want ESPN? Oh, you got to buy all this other crap with it, right? Talk shit about the Ocho. How dare you? <laughs> so we're saying the so we're saying the forties was when it came in and it was connected to wartime bomb dropping, blowing up blocks, and then also around the same time, also connected to movies. Is that what we're going with? Yeah, but you're so give you some shout outs, Colson. So on the Wikipedia page, they have a thing about the blockbuster era. Okay. Uh, and there they say that in 1975, the usage of blockbuster for films coalesced around uh, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Yes. It was nice. perceived as a new cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it definitely was, for sure. That the film is regarded cinema. as the first film of the blockbuster area era Mm -hmm. founded the blockbuster film genre it came out around the 4th of July it's about the 4th of July everybody went to see it yeah yeah they yeah and now people try to create these event films Mm -hmm. with wide commercial appeal you say event like this is like you you make a movie knowing it's gonna come out it's gonna be your summer you know like your independence day it's your summer sure sure fat man Yep. Sure. Um, Your Ghostbusters. Different Marvel movies. Right. What do you What do you feel like the like What do you feel like the differences between like a a Chris like a Christmas movie not like Christmas you know but like one that comes out in the winter uh, versus like the summer ones? Is there like a difference in like genre or anything like that? Well. I would say yes until the recent, um, like Star Wars movies, right? Those always all, come out on Christmas. Always Those come out all around Christmas, Christmas yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, typically around like the Christmas and I guess I would say Thanksgiving to Christmas, that's like Oscar season, right? Right. Like, um, you want all your prestige movies. All your prestige, yeah, the the like high class movies or whatever. You would think family movies too. Awards. 
Yeah, and family. And, and since Star Wars didn't have any aspiration of Oscars, they could go late. Yeah. And they still fall into sort of that family thing. Right. It's not, it's not our multi-generational it's not, thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I was taking my nieces and nephews and for sure. mom and sisters to Star Wars for years. Right. Right. We've been going to the uh, IMAX downtown uh, when the new ones come out. So it's fun. Wait. Fr- freaking huge. 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 Um, I, I assume you haven't done that recently because they don't just don't do movies anymore? I don't know. I mean, I definitely have not done that uh, yeah. recently. I'm still... Uh, they, they, keep, they keep kicking my Marvel movies down the road. Like, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, I just, just release them on my local TV, and I'll pay you thirty bucks. It's fine. Do we take need more money. Marvel movies? Yeah, take my money. I want more Marvel. <laughs> just give it to me. Just give me Marvel. Take my money. Catherine and I are. Uh, before we get out of here, Catherine and I are uh, working our way through the X Men movies. I don't know if I told you guys that, but uh, uh, how far are you in? Uh, we watched. Uh, days of Future Past. So, um, so did you see X Men one, two, and three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then we're, you saw, we're watching them in the order they came out. Right. So Days of Future. You should probably stop now. <laughs> I think that was. I think I'm pretty sure that was the last good one. I'm pretty sure. Well, in that series is uh, Deadpool uh, one and two, which I've seen, and I like both of those right, a lot. Right. I'm and just saying, stop. Logan, just stop. Logan is in that. Group Logan's as well, great, which I've. I've heard is great. So you're telling me that there's three movies that I should not watch. <laughs> yes, you, just go straight to Logan. Demonstrably good. No, just go straight to Logan and, and skip uh, the last four X Men. Un unmitigated blockbusters is what those are. <laughs> uh, Dark Phoenix is fine. It's fine. That's good enough. Fine. Listen, you know what? You know what this gives us? It, it gives us the. Uh, we don't have to deal with choosing a movie. We, we every at least once a week we watch a movie together, and we don't have to choose. That's, That's like the worst part. It's huge, super. It's key. so I when we decide we we say well, let's watch this this series of movies. I print out a list, put it by the TV. What's up next? Here it is, right here. Oh, nice. Otherwise, without that. Otherwise, it's half your night is scrolling through Netflix. Yeah, it's half the time. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. oh that's where you start. <laughs> then you move over to HBO. That's right. then you move over to Hulu. Then you got the Apple one. Well, then and then you're on Amazon Prime and you're like, oh, I found the movie I want to watch. What? We got to pay $5 to rent it? Yeah. I'm not renting yeah. it. And Look at all this other free content. And it's watch. Start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how every night goes. Welcome to COVID. <laughs> and then some of the other ones, uh, some of the other ones are like, uh, uh, like let's say TBS has movies. Or, so they have an app too. But then... You get to watch them on there, but then they got commercials oh, every. You oh, know. I, I the other day I just clicked a movie and I started watching it, and then twenty minutes in there was a commercial, and I was like, "Oh, I'm out." So I just yeah. had to like completely scrap the whole thing and then buy it because I already watched the first twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, mm. uh, yeah we, we they got to warn you if there's commercials. They, they, uh, uh, and they have the same they have the same two commercials every break oh, for the entire movie. And it's 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 not like like on YouTube where it's like two fifteen like second commercials. It's like it was like legitimate like 
a minute and a half of commercials. So I was like, yeah. Break. yeah, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm I'm out. I'm I'm not doing that shit. Well, I'd be curious if they do it like a TBS movie on TBS, where it's like they they film the first like or they show the first like twenty or thirty minutes uninterrupted to hook you. Yeah, yeah. And then they start the commercials. Then they come back from commercial for like five minutes, and then they go right. to commercial, and it's that for the next hour. And a half. Well, here's the messed up part. <laughs> I did this. I went and bought the movie, and it started exactly where I left off, because oh. it was all a scam. They know that people they are going to stop and quit and buy and it's all connected gotta break up those monopolies you bought it digitally yeah whatever i did from the people who wanted to sell you advertising you just gave me your money straight away yes yeah because i didn't want to deal with the the commercials yeah gave them all my money i will give you my money i just (laughs) i've not i i i i watched like 20 minutes of it which is about the max i can take a bore out in one sitting um okay and I haven't been back since. Yeah, we watched it last, or Friday night. It was good. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, of He's course, just like, a lot. With any, yeah, with any Sasha Baron Cohen movie, it's like there's some wildly hilarious things. There's some things that make you feel really uncomfortable and like you shouldn't be uh, involved in this. And you're like, what is going on? And tons and, of dicks. Yeah, too many, too many dicks. And I'm not talking about private detectives here. Nope. And, uh, uh, I mean, some heartwarming ish. This was more heartwarming than any of the other stuff that he's done. I thought. Um, I have not gotten to that part yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it takes a while. It takes a while. I, um, my anxiety does not allow me to watch his, uh, sort of surprise humor. Like, I can't even listen to, like, um, call in radio. Right, like I just, mm. I, if 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 anything's unscripted and people are trying to play tricks on people, like I just, I'm I'm out. Right. I can't sure. handle it. It's too much for me. Um, and I that's why I love so much our uh, current political system because it's, uh, it's unscripted and so I'm all in. I'm enjoying every minute of it and not freaking out all the time. Mm. Oh, there's some new Mandalorian out, so calm your nerves. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm. I, I think I'm watching that tonight. So, I'll give you my review of how cute Baby Yoda is next week. <laughs> well, good. We'll be back with you next week. To it's going to be our Baby Yoda special, right? <laughs> all Baby Yoda all the time. Because I'm assuming the election won't be over by next week. Nope. So. No. Nope. Not at all. Cool, cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk about something else next, <laughs> next week. Um, until then, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash TheUndebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com, and there's a contact form there. You can send us a message, and you can send us an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. And we've got a couple, a couple of T-shirts for sale as well for our once and always hall of fame coach now in the hall of fame (laughs) damn it (laughs) dan burke jason buckner give me a call love you guys i'm free i'm free um wednesdays through uh fridays just give me a ring 
Turn out the lights. The party's over. That's partially beautiful, man. Mm-hmm. Best yet. The quiet parts? <laughs> the non-singing parts? Breath control is excellent. <laughs> Thank you. Oof. Uh, thank yeah, you guys so, for the scotch. Yeah. Will, uh, oh, put that to well, good use. Of course, man. Good. <laughs> or bad use or whatever. Whatever <laughs> use you want to put it to. <laughs> it's a big bottle. I cover cover a couple. Cover my bases. Couple of uses. <laughs> yep. Multi-use. It doesn't have like a suggested serving size on there, does it? Uh, I thought it was a single serving. <laughs> so uh joey are you waiting until after the apocalypse to um do yes it? everything yes <laughs> okay good. Right, fair i'm going to work tomorrow that's about all i have planned yeah fair i'm, I'm go not going to do any annoying tasks no. for the election that doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> Yeah, I actually I'll be shopping for popcorn so I could watch the uh, the world burn. But uh, mm. <laughs> you could roast your popcorn on the yeah on the on the world burning. Yeah, plan to stay my keep my distance first, but uh, we'll see what happens.